Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But I was looking for my headphones. Did I have, did I ever get my headphones back from you from from the draft? Those black ones. That's a good question. I thought it, I that's a good that's a good question. Actually, I don't know if I'd give it back to you. Boy got sticky fingers. But to be fair, you did like run off. I didn't see you again the rest of the night. Well, I was like, I was working, you know, it well, was the press, know. it was the press facilities. I know you were there in like your going out gear after you bought three bottles later that night. But some of us had to like actually, you know, cover the draft. I mean, you, you replace them. Come on. You got it. I mean, you got it. Hey, first of all, you got promoted, man. You got more money now. You, you got it's no big deal. Congratulations, man. Appreciate that. Did get promoted. Uh, I actually had that written down on the show sheet. Definitely, man. It's exciting sticking around in KC. Um, it's it's hard to leave the Chiefs right now, which is, I think, an obvious statement. But as somebody who's covering them, like, it never gets old covering Super Bowls. Like Chris Paul, like Chris Paul said, you know, playing in the playing in the championship game, covering a championship game, it's addicting, Mark. I'm I'm addicted now. The Arrowhead Invitation, man. The so, yeah, Arrowhead Invitation. Congratulations on that, man. You've been doing your thing. I feel like ever since you came to Kansas City, you know, things have just been booming. Like, you're just a good luck charm. Like, you have to stay at this point. Like, you can't go anywhere ever. I'm just a kid from Kansas City, man. What can I say? (laughs) Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd. Mark Gunnels on the West Coast, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. Kramer Sandstone behind behind the boards instead of our guy Serta, who's on vacay. Wishing him the best of love. Here is Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, episode 46. We'll talk about the Chiefs going into phase three of their offseason training program. We heard from Andy Reid and others at the podium today. Some good stuff there. We'll talk about Mahomes' contract. That's been a hot-button topic these last few episodes. QB1 sounds off on that. Andy Reid making a change away from something that's been a staple in his offense for years to come. We'll tell you what that staple is and why it may no longer be a part of the Kansas City Chiefs offense a little bit later. And then so fire Arrowhead. We're going to decide which one is a better environment for game day. Mark claims dual citizenship on both of those. Well, that would be an interesting topic because I can speak of it from a, a fan perspective. I've been to both as a fan, not covering as media. So that would be interesting. <laughs> Do you ever cover as media? Yeah, I have. Cover as media? I have once. I have a couple times. Before we go into depth on, on this episode, I couldn't help but see, uh, you know, Mark Gunnels is, he does a lot of great work covering the Chiefs here with Arrowhead Pride, but that's not it. He has another team that he covers. And if you follow him on social media, you know this. It's the L.A. Lakers out there. Mark, Gun- <laughs> why are you smiling, bro? 
Because I didn't think we were going to talk. I thought I thought this was like a, a way for me to get away from. Yo. Talk. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, the we'll, the tweet is simple. We'll get out of it. We'll get out of it first. But this was funny. This this was funny from uh, Freezing Cold Takes. They kind of put you on the hot button here with uh, one of your Lakers takes. You said Celtics in five over the heat. That ain't, that ain't happening. Lakers in six over the Nuggets. That wasn't right. Lakers in six over the Celtics for the NBA. He went over three, realistically. I mean, hey, it happens to the best of us, you know. Um, you know, you don't you don't put yourself out there, so uh, it's easy for you to be the guy that makes jokes and laugh about it because you don't give out takes. You just you just report, you know, you, you do your job, but you don't actually give predictions. You don't put it on wax, as the rappers would say. So. You know, I, I don't want to hear it from guys like you. You don't put your, you don't, you don't put your neck on the line. You don't you don't put your legacy on the line, Aaron, to, with, with predictions. So the most you get, the most predictions you give is on this show because I bring it out of you. <laughs> that's true. I've had to be a little bit more of a hot take guy. That's not necessarily my nature, but we see what the faults of that are. As, as that tweet from Freezing Cold Takes. There's over 4,000 likes, 237 retweets. People were waiting for you to get exposed for, for this. To be fair, though, considering the, how you try to perceive me and my predictions, you're probably surprised that it happened to me before, right? Like, they need to start listening to Chiefs Coast to Coast. They need to start listening to Vegas. <laughs> Vegas would Vegas all right, let's, let's yeah, let's get it. Let's get into it, man. It was media the day today, man. Let's, let's it was media day, phase three of offseason training program for the Kansas City Chiefs. The team can hold what I believe is 10 practices or 11 on 11 type drills, whatever you want to call it, over the next four weeks. Um, as the team kind of continues to integrate some of those rookies along with the veterans and the team that won the Super Bowl last year, Andy Reid, we're going to hear from him a little bit later, but he basically chalk this portion of the offseason up to more work for the offense, more fine-tuning, getting guys on the same page, understanding the play calls for the rookies, understanding how we get in and out of the huddle, how the play calls will sound. This period really focusing on getting uh, the offense together. But I thought it was interesting, and we'll start with this, who's in, who's out. And, of course, these are voluntary workouts. I, I don't know why they set these guys up like that in the CBA to say voluntary workouts. Because it's kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod with, with with voluntary. Like if you're there, I mean, you're supposed to be there. And if you're not there, you're either sending a message or, or recovering. I, that, that's how I look at the voluntary phase of things. I mean, especially when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes that's there, like the face of the league. It's kind of like when if he's there, what's your excuse of not being here? <laughs> right? Like seriously. <laughs> But, so we got this. We got this list from the head honcho. Yeah, we got a list of, of who's in, who's out. This is Pete Sweeney on Twitter after the quick media look on Wednesday. Of course, these practices started Monday, but our first local media look was today, Wednesday, when we're recording this. He says they're voluntary workouts, but didn't see Jody Fortson, Chris Jones, Jarek McKinnon, Derek Noddy, Isaiah Pacheco, or Turk Wharton. Uh, Trent McDuffie and Ladarius Sneed were present, but didn't have their helmets. I think the big name here and the one that's kind of the obvious is, is Chris Jones. We know that the contract extension is looming. We talked about it on previous episodes on this platform. It's not a matter of if, but when, but maybe Sack Nation sending a little message with not 
showing up to this phase of offseason training, in your opinion? You rolled your eyes with that. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a message. I think it's more so the fact, I mean, we've seen guys in other teams already that have gotten injured, like non-contact. So if you're a guy that's looking for that long-term security, why are you out there risking a potential injury and you haven't got locked up? Well, you can be you can be there and walk off to the side like some of the other dudes do. Don't do that, Mark. You can be yeah, there, but, you can be there in sweats. Well, not, you're not there at all. You, you're okay. not there at all. Okay. So don't okay. say that it's not just it's just injury and I don't want to get hurt. You're not there at all. So from that point, we can take with it what what you lost your ability to spin the message, I believe, if you're Chris Jones by not showing up at all. Yeah, but I think Chris Jones is the type of guy that if he does show up, he's going to want to put some work in. Uh, I don't see him I agree. There yeah. and just stay on the sideline. So that's why I'm saying from his perspective, because uh, he's a leader of that defense, obviously. You know, you got some rookies on that D-line that I, I would see he would want to, like, you know, show the ropes to, give him some tips and things of that nature and really be out yeah. there showing some real leadership. So that's why I say that about Chris Jones in particular. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't look too too big in it. I mean, it's OTAs. We still got mini camp, got training camp uh, looming here soon. So it's not a really a big deal to me. So if you if we're doing a Chris Jones panic meter, and I'm kind of with you on that. I, I kind of went back and forth with you, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit because when we talk about um, a Chris Jones not being there, you touched on it. He's the leader in that room. When when FAU gets drafted and, and when George Karloftis comes in last year, you know, guys are coming over like a Charles Aminahue. They talk about playing alongside Chris Jones, one of the top interior defensive linemen in all the league. So for you not to be there, we we have to speculate and we have to ask questions. I don't think it's a big I, I don't think it's a big deal. And if I'm putting my panic meter on a square uh, on a scale of one to ten, this is like a two or a three for me. I don't I don't know where you sit on the on the whole Chris Jones not showing up thing. Yeah, I think it's a one. I'm at okay. the very, very bottom. Yeah, I have zero, zero panic at this point. But it, it, it's funny, and I and I was on 610 here locally talking about this Chris Jones situation, and I reiterated the same thing. It's not an if, but when. And we kind of had these same conversations with, with Tyreek. We're not, we, we not nervous about that? Yeah, but, you know, but we know the fundamental difference there is. The fact on offense, that's a dependent position. You got Patrick Because I think the, the report was – he wanted to be at least the second highest. That was from our friend Nate Taylor over the athletic. He did a big write up on Chris's um, Chris's need for an extension and the two sides kind of working out a deal. I believe the phrase was, if not one, I damn sure better be number <laughs> number two <laughs> because yeah. of the work I put in it and just got a ring. I, those things just, I mean, I just want to throw some little yellow light lad in there and say, Hey, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes. Yeah, um, sure. I, but I think the fact that he even came out, or that's the report from Nate Taylor, I think that bodes well, right? Yeah. You're looking at around the 25, 26 per area right now to be the second highest DT. We had some guys get signed this offseason. I think we're still waiting on Quentin Williams, potentially, with New York. That's, I think that's the last guy left that's in that realm of elite DTs that maybe Chris Jones is waiting for. So I think uh, maybe once that gets settled, then we'll have a Chris Jones deal right after. None of these other names really worry me. <clears throat> Jarek McKinnon's a veteran guy. Derek Nottie, kind of the same thing. Isaiah Pacheco, we know, had offseason surgery, so wouldn't be surprised if he was slow to work back into the fold. We were talking contracts, so let's continue with the contract talk. QB1 
has been the topic of conversation uh, around NFL worlds and, of course, here locally about possibly reworking his deal and kind of the aftermath of, of the quarterback market being restructured ahead of him. I want to read off the the names and kind of the ranking and the hierarchy as dollar figures for what that's worth. Then we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes at the podium today when he was asked about his contract situation. Lamar Jackson got his wish. He's the highest paid quarterback entering this 2023 season, $52 million uh, reportedly paid to the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. Then it goes Jalen Hurts, who got a new deal, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, oh my goodness, at number four. Kyler Murray, oh my goodness, at number five. Deshaun Watson, that deal, not even two years old or like a year old, has already been bounced down to number six. And then Patrick Mahomes at 45 million uh, is number seven. Uh, here's what Patrick Mahomes had to say about about the quarter about his contract situation earlier today. Me, my agent, and the team always keep open communication. Uh, and we try to do whatever is the best for the team, but obviously I want to <clears throat> do the best for myself as well. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to. I've always said I, I worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment. Um, but uh, I'm, I know we keep communication. We see what's going on, on around the league. Um, but at the same time, I'll never do anything that's going to hurt us from keeping the great players around me. So it's kind of teetering around that line. Whew. This was some PR pat at his finest, boy. The PR professional handed this to him. They said, you're going to be asked about your contract. Read this. Pat went home, memorized it, and reverberated word for word on the podium today. He said, I want to get paid, but I don't want He hit all the key points. I don't want to take away from anybody else. I want to keep setting the quarterback market for the rest of the league. He said, check, check, check. But meanwhile, we don't know. This was PR at its finest right here. Hold on, hold on. So you're suggesting that he wasn't genuine and honest here? I'm sure it was genuine and honest. Okay, okay. Because, you know, I'm just making sure. Because I remember we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. You were basically talking to Country, our friend at Kingdom Cast on Twitter. And you are basically... I'm paraphrasing here, but you're basically saying you want Mahomes to wake up one day and have a race and just make them happy. Just keep them well, happy. Uh, <laughs> essentially, he confirmed that. The, the first part of that soundbite is me, my agent, and the front office are always in commu- – we are in constant communication, which is what I was trying to iterate, which is what I was kind of say with, with country in that back and forth. Like, if you're the Chiefs, you don't ever want to get to a part in the relationship with Patrick Mahomes to where you're wondering what he's thinking. You're wondering what, what he like. You always want to know, oh, you saw that deal just came through. All right, bet. We're, we're already working on our back end to get like it, you want it to always be constant communication. You don't want Pat to have to get frustrated. You you don't want him to ever get to that point to where the relationship starts to break down. It starts with communication. Yeah, and that's fair. And that's fair. And I've always assumed that was the 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 way of thinking anyway with those guys. And we talked about how, you know, you look at organizations, it always starts at the top, right? But the fact that the Chiefs seem to be on such a good path with their quarterback, their head coach, and their GM. Like, it seems like the relationship there is really perfect from the outside looking in. Like, they are always talking. They're always in communication. They're on the same page. And it's really it's really beautiful to see. And I, I truly think that and what he said today in the press conference, the fact that I think winning rings and competing every single year is the, the top priority for Patrick Mahomes. And like I said before, it's a lot easier when you have all these endorsements too, Aaron. Like isn't he's not just getting he a, like he's not just getting the check from the Chiefs. I mean, the guy Adidas. I mean, I could State just 
We can go down the list. Oakley, Coors yeah. Light. <laughs> it's lengthy, man. It's going to keep growing. <laughs> it's not going to stop. So, you know, I, I I truly think that's the case there. And at the end of the day, it was an it was an article actually too. I don't know if you saw it on Complex Sports. Do you see that? Patrick Mahomes about what? I should have put it in the group chat before the show. I just saw it recently. That would but, be pre-production. You know, that would be that would be helpful. Yeah, but uh, he he mentioned like his top five quarterbacks of all time. Then he was talking about the goat and Tom Brady, and you could just tell like he's clearly chasing that that moniker to be mentioned in that elk with Tom Brady. Like he's mentioned it before in other interviews and stuff like that. But and what did Tom Brady do? He always took pay cuts, didn't get the highest paid. He did the best for the Patriots year after year after year. And I think we're going to see a similar thing here with Patrick Mahomes. And not to mention, the salary cap just continues to rise, Aaron, every single year. So I, I really think the Chiefs are in a good spot with him. And I'm really curious to see what happens. You know, you're talking about the quarterbacks getting paid and how it keeps changing, right? Like Deshaun Watson's already sixth, you said, right? Now yeah. it's going to be eight or nine soon because Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, they're, they're on the clock. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I don't think and when I say PR, Patty, it's not a bad thing. Like, I, I think there's multiple times when Mahomes is at the podium and he says stuff that, yes, he he means it, but it's not fully what he wants to say in that moment. Uh, this is one of those questions where you can easily mess up. So I think that when he goes into that PR mode, it, it's a it's an answer, it's a non-answer, but it, it's what the fans want to hear. It, it keeps you in good graces. It keeps the, the negotiations on the same page, and it keeps that open dialogue between you and the front office going. PR Patty is not a bad thing, but he was certainly spotted today at the practice facility on Wednesday. How about a, a, a update on the wide receiver room? This will be the umpteenth podcast in a row. We talk about the Chiefs wide receiver room, but it's two names that are standing out. Both had the same last name, Justin Ross, John Ross, turning heads as phase three opens up for the Kansas City Chiefs World Champion Chiefs at Arrowhead. This is what Andy Reid had to say about these Rosses and how they fit into this patchwork wide receiver room for KC. Rosses, you know, big, big and little. Um, so um, the big one is uh, uh, coming along. He he's feels good. His foot feels good. Um, the surgery that he had uh, worked out well so f- up to this point. Uh, he's made some nice plays for us out here. I, I know Pat's got trust in him, so that's good to see. And the smaller Ross is extremely fast and quick. And uh, before he got hurt, he was on to a pretty good season. And so, he, um, you know, I, I like what I see there, too. The question is simple, Mark. Which Ross are you rostering? He <laughs> said it like three times real fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I'm not sure if either one of them makes the roster. I Ooh, mean, okay. The wide receiver room is packed, man. I mean, where's the room? Well, give me your reason. Give me your reason why, and I and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So let's break it down. The locks. We know MVS is a lock, right? That's one. Yep. Sky Moore is a lock. That's two. Rasheed Rice. That's three. 
Kadarius yep. Tony. That's four. Yep. They re-signed Justin Watson. That's already five. He's a lot. He's gonna be. Are they going to hold six? I think last year they started with five, I believe. <clears throat> well, what's your prediction? People want to hear from Mark Gunnels. Freezing cold take Mark Gunnels. <laughs> so if they do, let's just say they do go to six. Okay, so then yeah. you have a spot. Now you got, now you got the Richie James of the world. You got mm-hmm. both the Rosses in, in contention at that point. Yep. Now I can see a pathway. But however... They were talking about how Richie James could be a special teams guy. Maybe he's that sixth guy. If they hold a sixth spot, it's going to have to be somebody who can play special teams. And to me, that X's out Justin Ross because there's no way. I saw him. I saw a video of him catching a punt today, but there's no way Justin Ross is going to be the punt returner. No way, considering his injury history. It's just not his game. So that eliminates him in that scenario. So now you're looking at between Richie James or John Ross. At that point, it's just a matter of who do they like more. And I guess as of right now, I didn't really hear too much about Richie James today. Obviously, it's just day three of OTA. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But I guess you would say if they do keep six, if, which I think is still a big if, then I think John Ross could be that that sixth guy. Well, we can get later in the show, we'll talk about where they could possibly get that roster spot from with uh, Andy Reid kind of rethinking what he's doing offensively. But I'm going in with the same line of thinking that you offered. I think they do go six, and I think the last battle is between the Richie James, John Ross, Cornell Powell, Jerry, and Ely's of the world for can you play special teams? Can you step up when your number is called? You're going to run about three or four routes that gets you in contention per game, and you need to get a first down on each and every one of them. Uh, it's going to be tough. I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about Justin Ross until we see him perform at least in the preseason. Mark pre like, I'm tired of the hype, man. Like everything we've I mean, seen from Justin Ross has been on the on a practice field. Can, but can you, you understand why the hype is there, though, right? I mean, this guy was a, a first round talent. He's, he he was amazing in the national championship game at Clemson. I think they play Alabama as a freshman. I mean, the guy would have been a yeah. first round. Uh, obviously, he had the, the spinal injury that just completely took him off. Everybody. It's tough. And he just had another surgery this last offseason coming in yeah. here. That's what Andy Reid was kind of talking yes. about there, saying he looked all right. So the talent is immense there. But it's hard to see a pathway when you break it down how we just did. Because the only spot available is a sixth receiver. Unless you yeah. think Justin Watson is a cut candidate. I don't see that happening. But they just resigned him for two years. Yeah, I think Justin, I wrote down in the notes, Justin Ross is not a real factor. And he can work him way, he can work himself into that becoming a factor. I'm, I'm not saying he, can, he will never be a factor in what the Chiefs like to do. Uh, but as of right now, the signing kind of looks like one of those lottery ticket signings that Veach loves to do former first round talent or when everything's right and the situation uh, reveals itself coming to our system and possibly we can turn you into somebody who's a contributor. But the way the room looks currently, especially with John Ross, who my note was here was he fits what Kansas city likes to do. He's that small speedy receiver guy. He's shown it in flashes. Andy Reid went on to say in that bite that he's seen him. uh, If he stayed healthy over that last year, he looked like he was going to be a productive receiver in that offense. Uh, I think Ross is is more likely to be that sixth guy, John Ross, John than Justin Ross. Yes, the the Clemson receiver. I should have, I should have clarified that. 
So just let's um, go in. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say just before I move on, because a lot of people have been talking about this. Do you consider Justin Watson a lock? Because we know the other four are locks. Like we know Sky, Rasheed, NVS, and Tony. Those are for sure 100 percent locks. Do, do we put Justin Watson in that same? Yeah, Justin Ross, Justin Watson is a lock for me, and and it right. goes back to the special teams reason. I think I talked about this on a previous uh, previous pod. I would like him as a as a returner possibility. He showed us in he showed he showed us in some of the biggest moments of last year's season that he could do something that nobody else on the roster could do. He could receive the punt, fair catch, and give it back to fifteen. But also just the safety blanket aspect. He's a guy that's shown that he can run all the dirty routes when McColl was still working out his injury problems and when there was that spot guy who had to come in and play the X, play the Y, uh, do different stuff, fit in along. Uh, he did that and fit in seamlessly, was a guy who fit in the locker room and the culture they like to do there as well. Um, one of the coolest moments of last year's season for me was seeing him and Richard Sherman chop it up, two former teammates. Sherman was on the Amazon uh, pregame stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was cool to just see that and – and basically, Richard Sherman was like, "Yo, I'm I'm proud as hell of you. Like, I can't believe that you made yourself into a, a contributor and a Super Bowl champion." And that was cool to see. So, I consider him a lock. Okay. Yeah. Let's I, uh, let's. I'm there too. I think I'm there too. Uh, we'll see. More more time. I mean, it's freaking May 24th, so <laughs> anything can happen. Injuries. It's a long season. Kansas City's played a lot of games, and <laughs> they're going to play a lot of games in prime time this year. Already have six already in that prime time slot and with some recent NFL rule changes, they could possibly play a seventh with the rule flexes. What, what, what are your thoughts? I wrote very generally here, the emergency quarterback thing, which we could see Shane Buchel step into that role. Hopefully we don't knock on wood, but um, he could potentially be uh, the chief's third quarterback in that situation with Blaine Gabbert coming over. And then the flex thing. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on the flex situation before we toss it to big red? Um, I really don't like it for the Thursday games, obviously. Mm. Even with the 28-day notice? Because I think you got to give like a 28-day notice, right? Yeah, but I'm just looking at it from a fan perspective, like travel plans, right? It seems like it doesn't really put that in consideration. I mean, people are – when the schedule comes out, that's why people are ready to see the schedule release. You already know who you're going to play road or away, but you don't know the dates, the dates are the thing people are looking for. And then obviously the day after all the tickets are available for single games and people are planning their trips now, like they're, they're booking their flights, they're booking their hotels and things of that nature. So to me, I think it's doing a disservice to the fans. That's what I'm looking at from that perspective. Mark Gunnels is a man of the people. I think it's interesting. Uh, Carrington Harrison and I have gone back and forth about a lot of things recently, but one of them relating to the NFL schedule he said uh, eventually the NFL schedule will be kind of a uh, – it'll be of a TBD-type nature. Every week the NFL will say, this is our slate of games, and we'll let you know next Wednesday what the next slate of games is and what the order is for max TV ratings, maximum dollar signs, maximum corporate machinery working at its peak efficiency. Um, I, I thought that sounded like a scheduling and logistical nightmare, but it seems like the NFL is trying to make a step in that direction. Like they've kind of told us and they're even pushing the NBA off their Christmas day spot. I know we didn't do a lot of schedule talk last time cause it hadn't come out yet. We only knew a few games, but yeah, the league and the chiefs specifically being the darling of the league going back to, to the chiefs here, they're, 
they're going to have to be flexible, extremely flexible. Yeah. And I saw also, I think from about the Warren Sharp thing. Yeah. You already knew where I was going with this, right? Of course. Yeah. Let, Let me get the details on it, but go ahead. I think it's from week 11 to week 17 where the Chiefs are every team they face during that that time frame, they're going to have less rest in. And I think that's the first time in NFL history that's going to happen. But you can clarify that for me if you're bringing it up right now. This is when I miss the the Twitter spaces a little bit because you could just throw it up on the Jumbotron. Oh, yeah. um, it was a big day for Twitter spaces today. Were you in there? Were you in the, were you in the room? Elon, yeah, I was in there. Yeah, I was in there. They couldn't have it without you. I mean, how about I miss like the space? Of all- <laughs> like that's like that was the the goat space. Like I couldn't miss that. The chief. This is from Warren Sharp on Twitter talking about the chief schedule uh, and how it is shockingly unfair as far as rest is concerned. He says this is shocking. KC plays six straight games with less rest than their opponents. Six from week twelve to week seventeen. Every single game the Chiefs play is at a rest disadvantage. Checking back research over the last 35 years, this has never happened before. Look, it helps that you got ahead of it. It helps that you know now, but there's really no possible way to prepare for that if you're the Kansas City Chiefs other than going through Andy Reid's training camp, doing some advanced scouting, and we know the we know the Chiefs scouts and assistant, assistant coaches do such a great job of working in other game plans weeks earlier and that kind of thing, but Six straight weeks, Mark? Come on, man. There's no precedent. And to me, it's not even about the six weeks. It's about when the six weeks are happening. Week 12 to 17, that's right in the middle of the playoff push. Late in the season, your body has already been banged up for the first 11 weeks of the season. You're trying to uh, position yourself for playoff seeding, which in a, in a, in a, gr- in a very grueling AFC, that's, that's important. Yeah. Right, the AFC is even more stacked now. You got Aaron Rodgers over here with the freaking Jets. So I, I do think uh, the timing of it to me is more so the story, not necessarily the six weeks. If it was during the first six weeks of the season, okay, maybe not as bad because you're you're fresh. You haven't you don't got the wear and tear of the season yet. But twelve to seventeen, I mean, my gosh, it's right in the thick of the playoff push. And here are the opponents, 12 through 17, at Vegas, at Green Bay, versus Buffalo at home, at New England, versus Vegas at home, and then Cincinnati at home. All of those on a rest disadvantage. It's be interesting to see. That's a, that's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch. At least well, we looked at that first eight last year and said it was a tough stretch, too, to start off the year. Yeah. The only thing I will say, at least you got the Raiders in there twice, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's keep going through the grab bag here. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Aaron Ladd, Mark Gunnels, episode 46. Uh, Your boy D-Hop, he he loves to talk, man. I mean, I thought he first he put up the story that was like, oh, well, who said I wanted to go somewhere? I don't want to go nowhere. I'm here. And then you want to pod like a week later talking about, well, I would love to play with these quarterbacks. <laughs> make, up your mind. make up your mind. Man, yeah, he was on the I Am Athlete uh, this week, and they were asking about what quarterbacks would you like to play with. And he, not only did he entertain it, he really gave a deep dive. He had research. Yeah, he said, well, now that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if he knew beforehand they were going to ask him that because he was prepared. I mean, 
He had a rankings and he had a soliloquy of every quarterback of why I like to play for this guy. So uh, I think, yeah, one, he mentioned Josh Allen first. Then two, he said Jalen Hurts. Then three, he had Patrick Mahomes. And he ranked them in order. I don't think, I don't know if this was the order of how he thinks they rank, like as far as play or just who he prefers to actually play with. Those could be two different things because he may have personal relationships with Jalen Hurts, right? Off the field. I don't know. But, um, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans are upset. Why, why is Mahomes third? Why is he third on the list? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good on D Hop. D Hop will not be a Chief. I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and put it. I'll put 25 push ups on that I right mean, now. That's not, really, that's not really a hot take, Aaron, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you, you love playing safe, man. I see why you call yourself. <laughs> Yellow light lag because you like to play it safe, man. That's not a hot take at this point. And, and I no. said that from the very beginning, though. When people kept talking about it, was the same names. It was DeAndre Hopkins. It was who? Who else did they want? It was like the same. It was the same OBJ. dude from um, OBJ. It was dude who ended up. Um, was it Jacoby Meyer? Was that a name? It was probably Brandon Ayuk was a name that got thrown around. It was like. I'd never, I never thought the D Hop thing was real. He was trying to drum up the value himself. Now it seems like he's going back to it's cheaper to keep her. You know, he's going back to his old thing, and then it might be around uh, trade deadline time where we hear his name again. But uh, it just seems yeah, kind of thirsty to me. It's, it's interesting though because you know Kyler's going to be out for most of the season. Like he did, he has. They didn't ask him to put him his own quarterback on the list. I know he didn't. He didn't say Kyler Murray. He did have a disclaimer before he said he said I'm I'm factoring the fact that Kyler's not gonna be healthy to start the season. Oh, okay. Convenient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> convenient. <laughs> he didn't say the backup's name. He didn't say Cole no. McCoy. No, he didn't. No, he did not. <laughs> but it is oh gosh. This is it is interesting from this aspect, though, right? Because he's 31 years old. He's never really been on the team that had a legit chance to compete for a Super Bowl. He's done everything, everything else, right? So you would think he would want to compete at this point in his career to kind of solidify, you know, a potential Hall of Fame career. And the fact that Kyler's not going to be there to start the season, what if they, what if, uh, let's say he does start the season there in Arizona. Let's just say, let's play devil's advocate here. Let's say okay. he does start there and they start off like two and six or whatever it is before the trade deadline. They're going to be bad. They're going to be a bad team. Yeah. Does he get traded? Because at that the point. the price tag. I, I, nobody is debating the talent with, with Hopkins. Yeah. It's the price tag. And you've already burned up all your leverage by saying, I don't want to play here anymore. We don't have a quarterback. I'm not even mentioning the backup quarterback in our top 20 quarterback. Like, everybody knows that you're disgruntled. So all the teams that are interested are just going to wait until they can get you on the cheap. They're not going to pay the 19 or whatever it is associated with you. And the Cardinals are saying, we're only going to pay that if you play here. Yeah. It's a weird situation, man, because you would think he would want to, well, I think he probably does. He wants to be out of there now, but he's not being. Absolutely. Active, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Desperately. Because, yeah. But the, are they, are they going to cut him? Like, are they just going to uh, eat the money and, eat the, and eat the money? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. So he seems to be stuck there at least for now. I think the Chiefs will be players if it's a bargain deal. But other than that, 
I'm yellow light lad. I want to get y'all opinion on this. I should have said this earlier in the show and I messed up. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. We want to hear from y'all. I got Casey Colossal in the chat right now watching us on YouTube. Says, hey, what's good, Kingdom? We love making y'all part of the show. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins is a legit option? Or maybe we could trade for uh, Odell Beckham Jr. possibly and and reunite. uh... (laughs) That's that's dead. That's definitely. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about a cheese backup quarterback. It's Blaine Gabbert coming over from the quarterback room in Tampa Bay, working with Tom Brady, coming to Kansas City, now working with Chiefs quarterback, reigning league MVP, reigning Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. A lot of talk about him at the podium on Wednesday and we don't have sound to toss to, but I just thought it was interesting, man. It, another vet in the room, uh, a guy that has ties to this area. Y'all know my allegiances, M I Z, but also knows the playbook and can be ready when called upon Chad Henney stepped up in some of the biggest moments of the chief season last year. And of course, two years back when they were in uh, the divisional round against Cleveland, I think Blaine Gabbert fits that mold and can kind of sharpen Mahomes and get him ready uh, in all types of scenarios. Yeah, I was okay with him as the backup quarterback at this point. Uh, shout out to Chad Henney. Obviously, like you said, he came came big in a couple of playoff games to uh, keep the Chiefs season alive. And I think Blaine Gabbert is the type of guy that if that situation were to happen again, obviously you don't want it to, that you can trust. And then I think obviously a, a lot of that trust goes in to with Andy Reid pl- calling the plays because he can make things easier for a quarterback and not to mention you have a top five offensive line in my opinion obviously there's some questions that tackle but I do think yeah. the tackles will be good enough to uphold that moniker as a top five line when you got the interior which is arguably the best in the league and we also have to factor in this this point we're gonna have a full season of Pacheco as being RB1 he, if he would have been RB1 starting week one of last year, he would have had over 1,000 yards pretty comfortably. He ended up with almost 900, and he wasn't RB1 until, what, week five or six? So I think you you, you kind of lean on him a little bit more, especially if you got a Blaine Gabbard in the game in a, a crucial situation with behind that offensive line. And I'm really excited to see year two Pacheco. I think he can make it easier for the quarterbacks no matter who's back there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to use this opportunity to advance the Clyde Edwards-Alaire propaganda machine. He was spotted on the uh, OTA field on Wednesday. This from Head Honcho. There was a CEH side. Well, there's been a lot of CEH talk. I mean, the team yeah. has now started posting him on social media more, I which I thought was I thought was interesting. Uh, he said this, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in great shape, and Andy Reid said he noticed he looks quick and strong. CEH caught a touchdown down the left sideline from Mahomes during 7-on-7, seven seven, which had Travis Kelsey screaming in excitement. CEH has stepped up early in the offseason with Pacheco sidelined. Look. 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 <laughs> I'm just saying. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. He's gonna be a fat. He's gonna be a factor in the offense once again. Yes, 
where you're expecting this big 1,000-plus-yard season from Isaiah Pacheco, but don't get frustrated when y'all draft him high in drafts and then Clyde starts siphoning away some touchdowns at the goal line. I can see it happening right now. Right. You can see it like an 80-yard drive where Pacheco gets half of it, but then at the five-yard line, here goes a little toss to CH to close it or out. Mc, or McKinnon gets a little yeah. shovel pad. Like, come on. This is yeah. the Chiefs running back room. Y'all know the vibes here. It's going to be yeah. a little bit of a committee style. Obviously, the, the heaviest workload will go to Pacheco, and I'm not debating that. But the star running back right now in camp, uh, where's number 25? <laughs> You're nasty for that. <laughs> but uh, I've been teasing this. Yeah, go ahead. It is interesting, though, right? Because it seems like CEH kind of went from, like, he was like the, the the bad kid in the classroom months ago, right? No, seriously, because he didn't show up to the parade. That was a big deal. Like, that was not a good look. Come on. That was not a good look. We like, talk, I'm not doing this again. If the guy you know, was my, my old stuff, my old album. You know, yeah. They won the Super Bowl, and you weren't playing. It just came off as, like, I wasn't a part of that. So. It's not that he didn't want to play. They didn't activate him. They didn't activate him. Well, still, you still show up to the parade. But besides the point, ever since then, it kind of seemed like the vibes were, you know, he's probably not I agree. Like, I agree. He's going to get traded, get what you can for him, and just move on, wash your hands. You got Pacheco. You're probably going to bring back McKinnon. We didn't know at the time, but the, the, the vibes were you're going to bring back McKinnon on a cheap deal, which they ended up doing. And then you can draft a running back as your RB3, like late in the in the draft. That was kind of the consensus I felt before we knew all of this now. But now since we're here, I'm okay with it. If he's your running back three or running back 2B or whatever you want to call it, him and McKinnon. 2B. I, I, I'm fine with that because you, you can't find too many running backs in the league better in that position. The guy still was a former first-round pick, so he has talent. Like there's Uh-oh. maybe not clip maybe this. not clip this please let's get, clip that there we go but I'm just saying maybe not first round talent now y'all were calling that man a can of paint last year talking about trade him away that. for a banner at Arrowhead like the Ceh stock was low Mark I mean I think it still is low until proven otherwise how can you say that when your RB one is is not practicing. You can't. You it's can't. May. It's May. <laughs> Come on. You're, you're, you're being funny right now. You're trying to play devil's advocate. I know you. I've caught on to your games, man. You know it's not a big deal. Come on. <laughs> yes, there will be more conversations. Let's, let's, let's stay in the running back room, though. Let's stay in the running back room because Andy Reid has been known to have fullbacks. His offenses always have fullbacks. And Michael Burton is a Denver Bronco now. Kansas City had not replaced him. And now Andy Reid said today at the podium, he's moved off of fullbacks. He expects a tight end to most likely fill in in that spot now. He said Noah Gray is kind of working in, in in a lot of that role now. He looks quicker, according to Pete, who was at the media look today. But that's another roster spot. Here's the important reason. Here's why you should care about that. Yes, Michael Burton fans, I'm sure, care about that as well. But that gives you more roster flexibility. That might be your sixth wide receiver. That might be your, or in, in past years, it was been the fourth tight end or whatever. That might be your extra offensive lineman, your swing lineman. That one fullback and in the extra running, they threw it into the running back room. But that, I, I know it doesn't sound big, but that's a May 24 storyline that's going to show up on cut day. Uh, we'll have to see where.
and not to mention, I know you kind of talked about it briefly a few minutes ago, but the fact that now they're not even holding the, the third quarterback against you on the on the on the depth chart yeah. is not yeah it's not being held against you as a roster spot. So that's another factor as well. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting because, like you said, Andy Reid's always had a fullback. Uh, it is funny because in today's NFL, it seems like the fullback is yeah yeah it's kind of like a like a dinosaur at at this point so uh, maybe that is a pathway like you said to have a sixth wide receiver i mean in the way they're talking about john ross today uh he he may be that guy if they really love a guy that's the thing for me they won't just have a sixth receiver just for the sake of having a sixth receiver there has to be a guy they actually really love and and maybe they do Andy Reid had been defensive about the fullback spot in the past. In just the three years that I've been here, he had been asked, like, yo, especially around roster cut time, like, like, why? Honestly, like, teams are kind of doing it a different way now. And Andy, who's somebody who's been in the league and around NFL circles for damn near 35, going, <laughs> going on 40 years, like, he had to put his foot down and be like, all right, be, be respectful a little bit. But yeah. this shows that, that – even though he won the title last year and the Chiefs still seem to be at the top of their game, they're always looking for ways to get better, always looking for ways to evolve. Andy Reid said as much today. And uh, I thought this I thought this was interesting. This, this deserved uh, a little spot on the pod today. How about some stadium talk as we get out of here and before we go on to Vegas? Uh, we'll start with Arrowhead Stadium, which we know will be the host of some World Cup games in 2026. $50 million in state funds on both sides of the state line, I believe, being invested and to renovating Arrowhead Stadium, and it may impact you as far as where you sit. This from Chiefs Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt on the updates to Arrowhead Stadium ahead of the World Cup. He says the main modification that has to be made relates to the playing surface. FIFA World Cup field is much bigger than the NFL field. Our bowl was designed for American football, not international soccer. So we're going to have to make the playing surface much larger. By taking out some of the seats in the lower bowl, they'll have to be replaced during football season with temporary seats, so that Chiefs fans are not disrupted. But I thought this was interesting. I, I, I thought this, this this showed, and remember that Arrowhead Stadium is the third oldest stadium in all of, of professional football from what I remember. Um, this this shows that, and I know there's going to be conversation as far as where the future of the Chiefs lies, and the Royals are kind of going through that whole thing now. But uh, changes being made at Arrowhead. Taking out seats. Oh, my gosh. Temporarily, Mark. <laughs> you don't even be you, know, you don't even be at the games. I'm pulling up this year though. I'm pulling up this year. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in the future. Uh, you gonna be in the press box? You gonna be in the press box? Yeah, I'm 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 riding in with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm tagging along. I'm, I'm gonna be like your 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 bad guy. I'll carry your back for you or something. Uh <laughs> But uh, no, nah, man, it's dope, man. I'm excited for the city. You know, a lot of great things. Just had the draft, World Cup. Obviously, the Chiefs are always in the playoff hunt, Super Bowl contention. So a lot of good things are happening right now in Kansas City right now. Um, soccer teams could be doing a little bit better. but uh, <laughs> You watch soccer? Occasionally. Occasionally. How, I remember you tweeting around like training camp or you were tweeting like, oh, I'm going to start watching the Royals this year. I just need them to hold my attention. Until, <laughs> I just need them to hold my attention. Until... <laughs> they didn't even hold me over to the, to the draft, bro. <laughs> I could have told you that, Mark. I could have told you that. 
I was being a little optimistic, man. I was, I was liking the young guys. I was thinking, you know, Bobby Witt Jr., year two. I, you know, I just uh, – you still got Saudi there. The, they took him out the leadoff spot. It's been – yeah. I know the Royals were supposed to be bad, but they've been they've been worse than they weren't supposed to be this bad. They've been worse than they were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh one more stadium question before we go to Vegas. And this one's fun. This is exciting. This covers both sides on coast to coast. It's a question posed by NFL on Prime, Prime Video on Twitter. You can watch a game at Arrowhead or SoFi. Which are you choosing and why? Mark Gunnels, take it away. <laughs> so let, let, let me uh let me be objective here that's hard for you it's arrowhead come on <laughs> it's the loudest outdoor stadium in the world uh you get to see patrick mahomes every sunday now here's the funny part about the question though because the only time i've been to sofi is when they played the chiefs mm. oh it's that was my only SoFi game, too. Uh, I think we were so, at the same one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the weird thing about it because a regular Chargers game against, I don't know, throw a team out there, it's probably not as not as live because the, yeah. the Chiefs are a show. Mahomes is a show. So when he comes to town, the stadium's going to be a little bit more rocking than normal. And then there's a lot of Chiefs fans there, obviously, as well. So my judgment may be a little clouded on that because SoFi actually was a pretty good experience from uh, just going as a fan. But like I said, there's a lot of Chiefs fans there. So it's like you're taking Arrowhead to the West Coast in a sense. But I will say this, though, as far as like just the make- makeup of the stadium, I mean, come on. Like you said, Arrowhead is the third oldest stadium. SoFi is a very, very unique built stadium, man. Like It is unique, yeah. It's really, really cool the way it's built. The inside, you know, you got the nice jumbotron. The the way that it's lit up, it's a it's a show. It definitely brings the L.A. Hollywood vibes when you're inside there. So I do like SoFi. I, I love it. But we're talking about just pure atmosphere from the tailgate barbecue. You know, when you pull up the Arrowhead, you're smelling the barbecue. <laughs> you know, you got the loud. They still in line. You pull it in, they still in line. It's like yeah. 10 o'clock for a, three, a yeah. 3 o'clock kick. They still in line. Yeah, so you're talking about pure atmosphere. You got to say Arrowhead. But I do advise every Chiefs fan to try to make that trip out to L.A. for the SoFi game. It, it really is cool, though. Yeah, I go Arrowhead as well, and I'm coming from the media perspective. I've only been to both places covering both games from a media perspective. But for me, Arrowhead has a real soul to it, and I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't say that from a Chiefs perspective. I mean that as someone who's grown up a Falcons fan and seen a lot of games in the Georgia Dome and that kind of thing. Arrowhead, has it, it, it feels it feels like a person, I guess, if if I could explain it. Like it takes on the character of all the people who are barbecuing in the yard and, and it, it kind of breathes with the game almost. I know that sounds weird, but like you can feel the ebbs and flows of like every reaction the crowd is feeling in the stadium. It just reverberates some of the loudest uh, moments. You can be here, you can be across the way. And I, I, for me, SoFi was more of like an airport hangar. I think I said that to you or an airline hangar. Like it's just, it's so big. It's so new. It's like half glass, half breathable. Like it just, it's like, 
it's a state-of-the-art facility. Like it is it literally is comparing apples to oranges, comparing SoFi to, to Arrowhead because they're just it's so almost different. like watching them play like on the runway or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's so different. But it, and SoFi still has an opportunity to to develop its own chemistry and its own I think a lot of the game experience and a lot of that kind of stuff, because you have two teams that play there, maybe it, it has to be like watered down a little bit versus Arrowhead, which is so specific to the Chiefs. Like it was built specifically for that team. Yeah. I mean, hell, the owner has an apartment inside the stadium just so that they can stay there when they came into town. Like it was built specifically for the Chiefs. So that's why I think during Chiefs games, it just comes alive and it has its own feel. I'm sure SoFi, I, I saw the weekend's concert on, on SoFi on, on uh, HBO. Like that thing looked lit, boy. Like SoFi was like a crazy concert venue. Like yeah. SoFi has so many other uses beyond just football. Like, yeah. That's kind of where I would get the answers on that. Hey, don't let's forget, go to Vegas though, real quick. Beyonce's coming to Arrowhead. I'm going. I'm oh, going. You're I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Let's go to Vegas, man. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Vegas in the offseason. May 24th plays is like, that's commitment, dog. We got to give you your flowers. We got to give you, like, too often we come on here with the freezing cold takes and, you know, we give you give you a hard time. But this is this is commitment here. Mark goes in Vegas a whole 100 days or whatever ahead of the NFL season, and uh, he's got a play that he thinks is a winner for you. Mark, take it away. Oh, man, I know I was making plays. Um. Oh, I know. It's not a winner. My bad. My bad. This is information. <laughs> Look at me now reading the show sheet. It, it, it's informational. It's not a winner. I'm sorry for our friends on the Kansas side. Yeah, sorry for you degenerates out there that was <laughs> looking forward to Mark Gunnell's May 24th play. <laughs> um, so I thought this was interesting. I thought it was worth talking about, Aaron. I was like, this is a good way to bring in Vegas in a unique way on the show in May. So I saw on Twitter that the Chiefs are the only team, Aaron, the only team that are early favorites in all 17 games. Look at it. There you go. Week one, six and a half point favorites against the Lions, who people think could win that division. People are high on the Lions this year. That's, that's a lot of points there. That's a lot of points. Uh, the smallest margin is week four at the Jets, minus one. That stood out to me. Minus two, week 18 is funny because – that could be a game where the Chiefs are resting potentially against the Chargers. You know, they're on the road. The Chargers could be fighting for a playoff spot. Eh, that's, a, that's a funny line there. The biggest spread is week three, which is no surprise, at home against the Bears. That makes sense considering the schedule. So what's that, what kind of stands out to you looking at this right now? And what's your thoughts on the Chiefs being favorites in every single game? Well, we know what the Chiefs do <clears throat> against the spread, right? Like that that <laughs> – <laughs> that is already if you're already betting the chief spread you're a sick you're a sick individual no offense like you need to there are other bets out there for you i feel like the chiefs are a team where the line is always so big because the expectations are so big right and the chiefs kind of we've said on this platform in the past they play with their food a little bit mark and i would be nervous i what would be your advice would you play these lines now or would you wait until it gets closer to game time? I think one that I would really take a stab at right now is Jets minus one week four. Ooh. 
I think because we just saw Aaron Rodgers had a cast strain in his first day at OTAs. We still haven't seen a Mahomes Rodgers matchup. I'm, we think we're going to get it this year, hopefully. But uh, I think that's a lot of lot of credit to the Jets, even though they are at home. But I think they're getting a lot of hype right now, and I think that could be an early season game where they're still trying to work out the kinks. You know, they're you know, and new Aaron Rodgers. We know he's very um, demanding. Uh, he has a lot of needs. They have a good defense there, but. Minus one, that's basically a pick them. So I, I'm, I'm going to take that just because I think the Chiefs will win that game. I'm going to give out what? another take here. It's probably going to be a yellow light take, so just be prepared for this one. I think this is the year the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think okay. the streak ends this year. I think you Sean like Payton. Week six minus seven, I'm assuming. The week that, six minus seven. I believe that. City, though. That's in Kansas that's City. That's the one that's in Kansas City. I, I, I I have no other reasoning other than they're due. It's a new it's a new nucleus. Sean Payton has had success with, with, with older, shorter quarterbacks in the past. Yes, I'm talking about you, Drew Brees. He's <laughs> reuniting with one now who has really struggled as of lately. They have they have talent, man. When you look at that roster, they have talent. They are not nearly as bad as they showed us at points last year. I see that seven and a half number in week six. Sure. Put that up against Marks in week four, and, and then we'll come back and see who won. I, I'm going to make sure we keep this. I want to see how it compares to when these, act, these games actually come up during the week, because they're going to change, obviously. But I want to see how much that week one changes, because there's no games before that. So that one may stay pretty close to true. But throughout the season, I want to compare and contrast to see how it really lines up. I think that minus one is going to be a steal. The Chiefs maybe end up being like minus three or something by that point. But we'll see. Even when you were trying to get out, give out winners, here you are. You just, you just addicted. It's like Chris Paul. You addicted to it, man. <laughs> I'll be in Vegas in, a, in about a month too for NBA Summer League covering the Lakers. Ooh, Mark Dunn's staying busy. Might put in some future tickets there for the NFL. Keep us in the loop. I'm kind of liking these every two weeks. If y'all want to rock with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, we'll see y'all again in two weeks. That's our off-season schedule until things can pick up again in training camp. Any last words before we get out of here, Mark G? Uh, shout out to Mac. He's in the comments. I see him in there. Dmac's always a faithful listener of the show. Um, as far as you, when's the next time you go back to the A, man? That's a great question. I got some uh, trips coming up. Definitely doing dent. Bad. I'm actually going to Denver Fourth of July. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't plan that, but maybe I'll oh. get a Broncos jersey while I'll get a Broncos or a Jokic uh, or a Jokic jersey. Wear it on the pod next time for you. Oh, and, wow. For you and your freezing. Wow. <laughs> Chiefs coast to coast. We out of here.